the honor of sharing here this morning. One of the verses that I love is, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we are to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? I, uh, I have the ability and the honor to teach on Wednesday nights in a men's uh, connection group. And uh, one thing, I, I won't share a lot about it this morning, or this morning but I just want to say, uh, I know we're busy. Uh, as men, we have a lot of things going on. Uh, but I also want to share that, um, and I want to be real here this morning, that guys, we all go through same things. And the devil likes to keep you in a position of, I'm the only one that goes through these things, or I'm the only one that has these thoughts. And that lie from hell will keep you from hanging out with other guys because the guys that hang out in this group have been through a lot, and they've probably been through what you've been through, including me. So don't allow the devil to keep you from hanging out. It's not a, it's not a meeting where we come and just tell all of our past sins or our sins. That's okay, but that's not what it's about. It's about building trust with one another. It's men locking arms, unifying with one another, becoming an army and saying, hey, we're going to hook up here and we're going we're to trust in one another. Some of you have been hurt by trust. You've trusted in someone, they've hurt you, and it's hard to come back and trust in someone. Listen, it, it's a good group. I've, I've watched men that didn't know each other. There's men in there I really didn't know. Keith Woods is one of them that we talked the other day. Him and I basically for 13 years just said, hi, how you doing? And that's it. Now I go to his house, we hang out, we talk and share, and, and we solve all the problems of the world. And, and uh, uh, <laughs> so... And uh, Ernie and, and Rich Lockwood, and, and it's a good group. And listen, just don't let the enemy keep you from a good thing. I know you're busy, probably can't be there every Wednesday night, but it is a, it is a good group, and it's an honor to uh, be a part of it. And uh, our pastors have uh, been coming, and Patrick and, and Tim Smith, and, and we've got some great ideas for the future of this men's group, and we'd just love to welcome you and uh, be a part of it. If you will, let's turn to uh, 1 Timothy, or I'm sorry, 2 Timothy, verse 1, or uh, yeah, chapter 1, verse 7. When, uh, when I was thinking about what to talk about, um, a couple months ago, it was to talk about, you know, the battles that we go through, what are the battles that we go through, and then it was something else, and I can't even imagine what Aaron goes through week by week, just things just coming to him, coming to him, and, you know, last night, I just I just thought, you know what, I'm done, I'm done. Whatever the note says, it's not about me, it's about him. I'm done, I'm done. So, one of the things that the Lord shared is, I believe that we're in a time of the body of Christ of being afraid. We're afraid to do some things, and that's one of the things that we want to talk about this morning is some things of why we are afraid. I don't know, physically, spiritually, we become where we're afraid, and in this, in this passage of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, for God has not given us 
given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. When I read that, I thought, first of all, he didn't create us to be afraid. And this also says he's not giving us a spirit of fear. He, the fear is a spirit. So what he's saying here is that if we are afraid or we are fearful, it's not of God. So um, one of the passages um, that we go to that I want to read here in, in, in the Bible, it's, it, it talks about the spirit of fear. It says, the spirit of fear may find a place by reason of one's natural temperament, but it is not merely a human disposition. It is not from God, and it can immobilize and torment its victims. If you are afraid, it will torment you, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Making them feel powerless and alone. Indecision or wrong decisions are then made that could give to bondage and have great human suffering. Being afraid, being fearful can cause negative things to happen to you in your life. In the face, in the face of fear, we are to remember our calling from God. We have it within us. The power of God through the Holy Spirit enabling us to no longer be victims the perfect love of God poured into our lives through Jesus Christ and his abiding presence. The mind of Christ by which we can apply the ways of God in making sound choices. Applying the truth determines whether we overcome fear or overcome by it. Applying this truth determines whether we overcome fear. One of the situations that I just we we took our family to Gatlinburg here a month ago took um our son our daughter and our grandkids and and uh i'm just excited this is our first family vacation we're we're going to Gatlinburg and we're all together for finally one time and we get down there and uh, the trip down was great everything was good and i suggested a restaurant that was right beside the condo we stayed and so we went to this restaurant, and I'm all pumped because Letha and I was down there several months before that, had a great dinner, blah, blah, blah. So we get into this restaurant, and we get seated. It's outside. We're sitting out, Pigeon River's running by the restaurant. It's just a great atmosphere. And to make a long story short, our service is absolutely terrible. And uh, I'm sitting there going, oh, why did I choose this? Why didn't I let someone else? But anyway, so as I'm sitting there, everything, and, and usually I never have bad experiences. In a, it's like the favor of God is always there at any restaurant we go to, whether things are going wrong or whatever, the favor's there. But, but this one is just absolutely horrible. And after waiting 15 minutes for our drinks, and then... An hour later, after people saying, why don't we leave? Why are we staying here? We hear this crash, and it's our dinners hitting the ground after an hour later. So, <laughs> so the waitress comes to the table, and I say, listen, do not rush our meals to try to get them done, to get it here quick. So we're sitting there another hour, so two hours and 15 minutes later... 
my bottom lip is shaking. And I'm just like, because everybody's going, well, I wouldn't pay for this. I wouldn't pay for this dinner. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. And I'm just sitting there going, Lord, just get me out of here. Just get me out of this restaurant. So the lady comes and says, we're going to knock 10%, 20% off and give you free dessert. I said, ma'am, we do not want dessert. <laughs> we, we want to go. We want to be gone. And so... I, I just walked in. I just walked into the, the bar area and said, "Here's, here's my money." And it was it was a lot of money. But uh, I laid it down on the table, and the lady said, "I, I don't know." That. I said, "This was our waitress. This is her name, and that's who's paid for." My point is, is I was so angry and so mad that I got afraid. I was afraid of what I was going to say. I was so, I hadn't been that mad and I don't know how long, but I was so afraid and I knew that my heart was wrong. And so I thought, you know what, Brian, this is, you're not going to ruin this vacation. So as we're walking down Gatlinburg, I'm thinking, Lord, correct my heart. Get my heart right. I was just so afraid. I was just so afraid of what I was going to say. You know, there was... People there that didn't need to see a Christian blow as witness, and uh, you know, so so anyway. Long story short, I'm walking through Gatlinburg. We're all everybody's having fun, and thank God they're not sensing how mad I am. But I'm just praying the whole time, Lord, get my heart right. Lord, get my heart right. Lord, get my heart right. So anyway, to to bring the positive to it, the following day I go back to the restaurant, and I I asked for a manager, and I said. Um, Listen, we, we had a really bad time here last night. And I said, I run a company. I would want someone to come to me and, and, and share what took place. And so I'm coming to you and just went on through everything. They, she had heard the following day the story that had taken place that night. So she'd already known. So the owner of the company was there. She'd come and got the owner of the company, explained it to her, and, and the lady uh, said, listen, what, what should we do? And I said, you know what? I know what I would do in my company. I'm not running your company. I'm not telling you what to do. And she said, well, I'm going to give all your money back. So, but my point of it is, is out of fear of saying something wrong, I didn't allow that to happen. I cooled off and didn't allow the negative to take place. Out of, out of fear, I could have said something really bad, would have regretted it probably forever. And, and waited, took a breath, and waited and shared. The sound mind that he talks about here is a combination of safe, the mind, hence safe thinking. The word denotes good judgment, discipline, thought patterns, and the ability to understand and make right decisions. It includes the qualities of self-control and self-discipline. And that goes hand in hand with what I just shared. There was a guy yesterday that shared with me in the men's breakfast. He was telling me about a situation with his wife that has cancer. And as he was sharing this, he had shared that the report that they gave said that they, they, all they can do is just retain the cancer. When they left the hospital, he said, God, I'm standing on your word, not their report. He said he got up the next morning or not the next morning, but he got up on a morning, and the Lord gave him the word Psalm 91. So let's go to Psalm 91, 
And I want to read that. And we're going to go through a lot of scriptures today. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's not staying in a place of fearness or afraid of what's going to happen. That's dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. I will say, to the, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. There again, we're going to trust in him. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the devourer and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge. Even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways." In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall, shall, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall tra- trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because of he has known my name, and he shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy and show him my salvation. Here's a guy that says, okay, we have cancer in our family. We are not going to be afraid. We are going to stand on God's word. What he said is he's turned the world off. There's no more news in their house. They don't know what's going on in the world because the world doesn't make any difference anymore. It's God's word that they're going to stand on. And the question I have for you is, what are you afraid of today that keeps you from uh, trusting in the Lord, because when we're afraid, that takes us from trusting in Him. But when we when we become not afraid, then we can trust in Him in all of our ways. The Bible says, "If you trust in Me with all your heart and lean not on your thinking, but acknowledge Me in all of your ways, I will direct your paths." What is keeping you from trusting in Him fully? Is it financially? Is it a relationship? Is it the past? What is keeping you from being afraid? If you are afraid, then we can't be trusting in God. And we need, to, we need to get that corrected. Even in my own life, there's things that's being challenged in my life that I need to trust in Him more. There's things I'm afraid of. There's, there's things, um, you know, one of the situations, Patrick was in the hospital here a couple weeks ago in the emergency room. And I went down there and to see him and was able to pray with him. As I was walking out, every room in that hospital, in that emergency area, most of you have been in Adena, seen there's just a bunch of stalls where there's people that have issues. And I was walking out, the last couple people right there, the Lord said, you need to stop and pray with them. And you know what? I went right out the doors. And I thought, why am I afraid of that, Lord? Why am I afraid? Why am I afraid to go up to someone and pray with them? What's keeping me from that? 
I don't want to be afraid of that situation anymore. Listen, if God's called you to pray, he's already set those people up. He's not, he's not going to put you in a situation that, that's, not, that's going to be uncomfortable or confusing. He wants to use us in a mighty way that he can be glorified. There's no doubt in my mind those two people were, were sitting there waiting, saying, would someone come and pray with me? I missed it. And I just thought, you know what? Even the person I was with, I got a hold of them. I said, listen, forgive me. And you know what? It was on their heart. The person I walked out with, it was on their heart to pray with those people. We were both afraid. And they're high up spiritual people. God doesn't want us to be afraid. He wants to use us. Just like, just like this situation. Principle says, what do we do? We pray. He wasn't afraid to pray with his family. He knows what was needed. That was the answer. And we need to not be afraid. Need to not be afraid. God wants to use each and every one of us. We're going to learn something here. Listen, it's not our words we pray. It's God's words we pray. And the problem I think we have is we've gotten away from God's word. I'm going to get way off the notes here, but that's all right. We're going, what we do is, and, and I don't want to say this wrong, but I think sometimes this guy is our Bible. That's not what he wants. And we can't make it on a Sunday. You know, what would we do if these people we have in government today say, you know what, church is done. What are we going to do? I, th- I, asked my question, I asked that question last night. What are we going to do? We can't call him every day. What do we do? We have to pray, God, give us a desire for your word again. Give us a desire. You know what? I'm in the Old Testament. I'll be honest. I don't understand a lot of it. I don't. But you know what? God, help me understand it. When I'm reading it, help me understand it. There, there's, there's words I can't even pronounce. <laughs> and uh, I'm in Nehemiah right now. These get into the prophets and that stuff in there. I mean, that's just like, whoa. But you know what? It don't scare me. You know, I used to get into, when I remember when I first got saved, I used to get in conversations and somebody would be talking about the Bible and they'd go back in the Old Testament and say, you remember when? I'd go, yeah. And I'm just like, what in the world are they talking about? I don't even have a clue. <laughs> you know, that's what I did. I, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I really didn't. But Anyway, we need to have a desire for God's Word, and I think that, you know, one of the studies that I did was that, and this really blew me away, 80%, 80%, 80% of people that are believers of Jesus Christ will never share the gospel one time in their life. 80% of people that are believers of Jesus Christ will never share the gospel one time. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't. 10% of people that believe, I'm not here to condemn. I'm just here to, to say this is what we need to change in my life. of people that believe in Jesus Christ, 10% will 
10% of people that believe in Jesus Christ, there are only 10% that will ever read the Bible cover to cover. 90% won't. And then we want to know why we're afraid. We just go world, world. I share, I showed a, I do it about every January in the men's breakfast. I show uh, a video by Jensen Franklin that says the battle between the mind, or the battle between the ears. It's our mind. We go world, 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 and no God. And we understand, and we don't understand why we're where we're at. Listen, God's word is the, is the truth. I don't care. One of the things that I got last night was, you know what? The world is saying abortion is okay. You know what? It's not. Gay marriage, they're saying is okay. It is not. No matter what comes up, it is not okay. God's very clear about it. It's not me. You know what? Some people come up with, you know what, I'm not about abortion, but you know what, if someone gets raped, then I'm okay with it. You know what, there are no compromising in that. There is no compromising in God's word. So, I don't know why we got over there, but let's go to uh, uh, Genesis 3. Starting with six. Listen, I, I, I want this message to be encouraging today. To be encouraging about God's word. That we just don't, Sundays and Wednesdays just aren't it. I'm not saying you got to read it every day. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying it is hard to live life today without God's worth. You, you get into Psalms and the Proverbs, there's so much encouraging of telling, God's telling you who he created, who he created you as, who you can go to, your refuge, your fortress, who you can depend on. It's right there. It's right there. And, you know, one of the, one of the things uh, a guy was sharing with me yesterday said, you know, he shared the gospel some, and he's just gotten rejected, got rejected. One of the things that one of these guys said is, if you get rejected, keep reading. Don't stop reading because you get rejected. Keep reading. Verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. When the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. They had walked without coverings, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Why was he afraid? What? Broke God's sin. Disobedience. Disobedience took place. The thing we get caught up in about sin that I've, that I've learned is that Disobedience 
comes way before the act. Let's, let's say adultery, for, for instance. When adultery takes place, that man and woman takes that place. Sin came way before that act. Disobedience comes before that because you know what? It's in the heart. That's where God lives. It's in the heart is where sin took place. We think because of the physical or whatever, whether it's a lie, whether it's stealing, whatever. Disobedience came first. There was a voice that said, don't. Don't do it. And, and I've learned that. Disobedience is what took place. So my point is in this scripture is that if we are in sin, then we are afraid. We're living afraid. And that's not where God, God at the beginning didn't give us a spirit of fear. So we need to, if we're in sin, there's a thing called repentance, which takes away that sin. It's not only the, hey, God, I'm sorry. It's the mind change, and we turn away from that. And that takes that fear along with that. When, when repentance comes, the fear goes away with it. I believe the fear of that situation is the tactic of the enemy. Because who was he afraid of? He's afraid of God. And he, he was a guy that walked with him daily. Last thing I'm going to go to Exodus 3. In verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said... I will now turn aside and see the great sight why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is a holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of Egyptians. So here's Moses going to this burning bush. And Moses was asked to bring God's people out of Egypt. I believe that for one second, Moses said, do what? What do you want me to do? But I believe each and every one of us, I I believe truly that each and every one of us want to be used by God in a mighty way. But as long as we live afraid... It will be hard for God to use us. There's other scriptures here that I'm just gonna I'm just gonna to give you these. It's Psalm three, one through six, Psalm eighteen, 
1 through 4, Psalm 56, Psalm 65, Isaiah 8, and Isaiah 51. If you didn't get all those, I can give you those after, after the... Uh, uh, one of the things that I wanted to get to is if we are in God's Word, how hard is it to pray with people? And one of the, the things that I wanted to do here this morning is that I think a lot of times we get caught up into what am I going, well, how, what do I pray? What do I, what do I pray for someone in situations? Here's, here's sickness. We have Isaiah 53, 5. Someone's sick. Lord, I just pray for my brother. I pray over this illness, and your word says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And I claim that over my brother in Jesus' name. Amen. Not my words. Not my words. Rough day. I'm having a rough day. We can go to Matthew 18. Or my my coworker or my family person is having a rough day. Lord, I pray over my sister with the day that she's having. Your word says, for there, for where two or three or more are gathered in my name, I am in the midst, I am there in the midst of them. Your word also says in Jeremiah 33, 3, that if we call on to you, God, that you will answer and show us great and mighty things, things that we don't even know. And I pray that over my sister, God, great and mighty things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Marriage. Psalms 111. I pray over my brother and his wife. I pray over their marriage that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of their wisdom. That in their situations, God, that they will respect you knowing that wisdom will come in their marriage. And I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You ask, why did I use so many scriptures today? And here's why.
The world doesn't have the say-so of who we are. The song says the world can't give it and the world can't take it away. The Bible says that we are to be courageous, we are to be bold, we are to be Christ-like. You know, one of the hardest things for me to fathom is I am a king's kid. I don't understand it. I want to, but I don't understand it. We're not Obama's kid. We're not Strickland's kid. We are a king's kid. The Almighty. There's one other scripture I want to, you don't have to turn to. I just can't, I just want to. Anyway, it's somewhere. Faith describes to me is that the things that we see are only temporary and the things that we don't are forever. And that is a lot to take in. It's hard to understand. You know, a lot of times anymore I pray, I just say, God, I don't understand it, but I know you do. And I'll end, I'll end with this. God doesn't want you to be afraid anymore. Are you going to be nervous about stuff? I'm nervous today. I'm still nervous. You know, when Aaron called, and, you know, I knew I was going to do the second service, but when he called, he said, how about doing the first service? And I thought, you know what? It's another out of my box. It's another out of the box. I thought, why not? Why not? So, Stand with me. The Lord loves you. He has great things for you and me. He wants to use you more than you even know. You know, in worship, our worship team's so awesome. Here's why I know we were created to worship Him, not to be in fear. We were created to worship Him. Here's how I know that. I've seen it. I've been to a rest home, and I see older people that can't talk. They can't. They can't even say hello. They can't smile. Like no existence. But get them in a worship service. And the songs that have been sown in their heart. Like they've never missed a beat. Can't say hello. Can't smile. But they can worship him. Not afraid. Not afraid. Not afraid to raise their hands. And that's what God wants for you. Is to not be fearful. Not to be fearful. Get excited when that fear comes, like, you know, where Moses was called to go bring the Israelites out of Egypt, and he was called to do that. I was thinking, God, I get nervous when you ask me to go pray with my next-door neighbor. I know what fruit does. I see this right here. I see fruit right here. 
what praying with your neighbor does. I want to do that. I want to be available. If the leaders will come. Listen, if you're dealing with fear or being afraid of a situation, maybe afraid to address a situation, maybe there's a situation in your life that you need to address, God wants to set you free this morning. He wants that to be done today. He doesn't want you to bring that in here and then leave with it again. If you're struggling with getting into God's Word, listen, it's hard. It's hard. One of the marquees that I've seen one time, it said, being a Christian doesn't get easier, it gets better. It's hard. It's hard to believe. But that's okay. We can tell God it's hard to believe. He'll help us right here. You know, I write a, I write a blog that we get hired an internet guy and he said, you need a blog. I said, you're crazy. I don't even know what blog means. We don't even have a computer at home. And so, but I thought, and then God said, you know what? Maybe you can share with people through the internet. And I thought, okay. But one of the things I try to apply it to cars, car parts and stuff. And the last one I think I wrote, it was about an owner's manual and how an owner's manual to a car is so important because it shows you that when a car needs fixed or whatever, it shows you what you need to do, what you need to go to. It just directs you throughout your whole car. Well, this is what God's Word is. It's our owner's manual. It tells us who we are. tells everything about us and what we're going to do. So I just asked this morning in these last few minutes, if you're dealing with fear over anything, please come. Please come. Someone will, someone will pray with you, and we'll just take a couple minutes here.